right. Hey, everybody, who's glad to be at church? Anybody glad to be in the house of God today? Come on, can we just give Jesus all the praise? Man, he's so worthy of the praise. And a big hello to everybody who's online with us as well. Hey, wherever you're watching from, whether it's uh, right now you're watching live or you're watching later in the week or you're at our 430 campus, come on, shout out to everybody who's watching on the other side today. Let's let them know it's good to have them. Glad you're with us today. So honored, so thankful that you're part of our church family. And, and uh, we are in week one of a brand new series that we're calling The Holy Bible, all right? And we're going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a second, but I want to celebrate for a moment, just kind of where we're headed, kind of give you vision for where we're headed. The Bible says, without vision, people perish. They, they cast off restraint. One translation or one paraphrase says that when people don't see what God's up to, they stumble over themselves. And so I just want to let you know that four weeks from today is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, but not... Not, not that Super Bowl. I'm talking about Easter. It is Resurrection Weekend on April 7th and 9th. And we're going we're gonna to have seven services over those three days, everybody. So one on Friday night, two on Saturday, three on Sunday morning, and one on Sunday night at our normal 430 campus there. So, um, so that's coming up. And the reason I'm telling you about it is because I want you to be praying about who is going to be sitting next to you on that Sunday. Who are you going to bring Ask God, Lord, would you show me someone in my life who maybe is far from you or maybe, maybe they don't have a relationship with you and get them to church on Easter. There's just something about it. There's something about Easter weekend, that Resurrection Sunday, where God shows up in a powerful way and lives are changed. Amen? So we're, we're going to be telling you a little bit more about this in the coming weeks, but I just I don't want, you, I don't want to lose sight of that. So uh, let's be planning for that. But I also want to celebrate... Something that God, God's just up to something special at City Hope. I don't know if you can tell it, feel it, but God's, do, God's working, amen? And one of the things we do um, a couple times a year is we, we make a, a challenge. We call it the one-year challenge. Give God a year of your life and see what he'll do. Like, go all in. Give him everything. Like, if you've never been baptized, be, get baptized. If you've never gotten in a small group, get in a small group. Go through the growth track. Start to give and tie. Do all of that. And, and I promise you, your life will look different. And many of you have taken that challenge through the years. And, uh, and, and I, I, think, I think God's up to something. And In fact, I, I wanted to just celebrate last weekend. I wasn't even here. I, uh, Pastor Caleb brought the word last week. Just did an incredible job. Come on, can we just honor him? He, he killed it last week in a good way. It's really good, powerful. And, and uh, we wrapped up our SOS series last week on relationships. But, um, but God's up to something. Last Sunday was, was a weekend where, like, record attendance, and I'm not telling you this because we need to brag on ourselves. There's, God's working in other churches, too, so this is not a comparison. But if we don't pay attention to what God's doing here, we'll lose sight of it, all right? So I just want to celebrate with you today. Like, we've had 52 baptisms since the January 1st. Last weekend, 26 people got baptized. Come on, to God be the glory. That's incredible. 97 brand new, 97 new members to the church since the beginning of the year. People who went through the growth track and they said, hey, let's go. Let's, let's get all in. 77 next steps boxes. That's, that's a, a gift that we give to people who make a decision. Listen to this. 85 documented salvations since the beginning of this year, January 1st. Let's give God the praise for that. Let's give God the glory and the honor. He's, he's working. He's moving. Yeah. So... 
I, I want to encourage you that if you, if you haven't taken that one-year challenge, do it. Take that challenge. This can be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. Spiritually. I mean, you've got to be all in with God. And one of the best ways that this can be the best year of your life spiritually is if you'll get into the Word of God on a daily basis. Ah, oh, come on. I, know, I, I thought that we'd get a better amen right there because this is church. But uh, getting into the Word of God on a, on a daily basis. And so we're, we're going to talk about that, that, that today. You know, we, we live in a culture, um, in a society, where uh, the Word of God is under attack. I don't know if you know that or not, but uh, pe- people would uh, consider, some groups of people would consider that the, that the Bible is hate speech. Uh, some people would say that the Bible is, um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's really not for us today. You can't trust it. You, it. People are deconstructing the Bible today to, to decide you know, what they believe. And our culture, I, I believe, is in opposition to the Word of God, to the principles of God, to the truth of God. And I think we need to understand that. We don't need to be rude about it. We don't need to be hateful about it. But we, we, what we need to do is we need to, to, to determine where the Bible fits in our lives. We need to determine, is the Bible a good book or is it, a, is it God's book? Like, is it a collection of writings, you know, from ancient past that they can kind of help us today? Or is it the authentic, inerrant, infallible word of God? We need to make that decision. We need to decide that. I'm not, I'm not talking about as a church. I'm talking about you and like me. I've decided that, but you need to decide that. You need to decide, is it outdated? Is it um, antiquated? It, has it been manipulated? Or has it been validated? Like, wh- what is it? Where, what do I believe about the Word of God and, and what I believe about the Word of God and what this church believes about the Word of God and what I want you to believe about the Word of God is what... Paul said to Timothy is that all scripture is inspired by God. It wasn't just written by a couple, uh, you, you know, weirdos living in a hut somewhere. <laughs> this, this was inspired by God and it's useful to teach what is true. Well, Pastor Ben, what is true? The word of God. How do I know what's true? Find it in the word of God. It teaches us um, to make, to, to, to show us what's true, but also to help us realize what's wrong. What's not right, to how to live in our lives, it straightens us out. Any, anybody ever need to be straightened out? Well, I, I need to be straightened out every once in a while where God just kind of, um, the way we would say it in East Tennessee is yank a knot, right? To straighten us out, it teaches us to do what is right. So we, we need to buy into this truth, this principle. Why? Because it's God's way of preparing us. It's, it's God's way of helping us be fully equipped to do every good work that he's called us to do, to do the good things. I want you to know today that your good works don't save your soul, but you have been saved to do good works. God's called you out of, mar- out of darkness into marvelous light so that you could go around doing some good works. How, how do I know about these good works? How, how, do, how do I get prepared? The Word of God, the Bible, all right? And so over the next couple of weeks, what I want to do is just kind of stir us up as a church. And I want to, I want to kind of stir us to love the Word of God, to learn it, and to live it. All right? Those are the three things I want for us over these next few weeks. 
And you, you may not be ready for that. I know in a room this size, maybe there are some people who, maybe you're not even a Christian. Maybe you're here today and you're agnostic or an atheist. And maybe, maybe you're, you're kind of questioning Christianity and the Word of God. And if that's you, I want you to know you can keep coming to church here. Like, like you belong here. I want you to know that. You belong before you believe, okay? And that, that's just the way we, we, we are. We, we want you to keep coming here. And so maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you're on one, one side where you just don't know much about the Bible. Or maybe you want to know about it, but you don't know a lot. It's just maybe you're a new Christian. Or maybe you've, you're on the other side where you've been a Christian forever. And, and you know a lot about the Bible. And you know a lot about Christianity. And you, you love the Word. Maybe that's you. But here, here's what I know is that there's people from every background when it comes to the Bible. And... And I don't ever want us to take that for granted. I, I remember in our first year as a church, uh, we, we were meeting over at McNeil Middle School. And I, I didn't have a teaching monitor like this. We had a screen behind me. And what's on this screen now would be on the screen behind me. And so I would have to turn around a lot and, and kind of point to it and teach it. And uh, after one of the messages, a gentleman came up to me. And he said, hey, I, I know that uh, those are like Bible verses that you're putting up there on, on the screen but what are the letters next to the, next to the, the, the little address where, you, where it's found? And I said, I, I kind of chuckled a little bit because I thought, because I've been in church a long time. I thought, well, everybody knows that. But hey, everybody, everybody doesn't know that, right? And so I, I took a minute. I was like, well, actually, those are, that's an abbreviation of the translation that I'm using. So, so the NLT stands for the New Living Translation. That, that's where this verse came out of. And you'll even notice like on your message notes, our standard uh, Bible translation that we use is the NIV. At the bottom of, of both pages it says, all scripture is from the NIV unless otherwise noted. So if you don't see uh, letters there, that means it came from the NIV more than likely. And, and so he was like, oh man, I, I get it now. Now, now I understand. And maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're that guy where you just, you didn't know that. I just, I'm just trying to tell you that no matter where you are, you can get something out of this series. Come on, can I get a good amen right there? You're gonna, we're going to learn. We're going to grow. We're going to develop. So if you do have your message notes, I would love for you to take out, uh, those out right now and get ready to take some notes because we're going we're gonna to dive into how do we build our life on the Word of God today. And today's message is like super duper practical. Okay, I don't have a lot of funny stuff. I, I like to be funny. I like to crack jokes. I don't have any of that today, unless it comes uh, on a whim. All right, but uh, but I do want to just get into the word. So the first thing I want you to know in your notes there is that the Bible is alive. I think I think it was the I was I was told after the first service the Frankenstein movie, where he goes. It's alive, right? Like, don't you know the Bible is alive? Like, it, it's not just words on a page. It's not just something that we read. These, these words have life. In fact, Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words I have spoken are spirit, it's pneuma, it's breath, and life. The words I'm giving you are life. The writer of Hebrews says it this way, that the word of God is living and active. So it's not something, it's not like a novel that you read one time and you're like, oh man, that was great. 
It's alive. It applies for today. It's something that you can, it's useful, as Paul says to Timothy. It teaches us. It's alive. And look at what else he says. He says that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing the soul and the spirit. Now, Paul says to the Ephesians when he's talking about the armor of God, he says we need to have the sword of the what? The spirit, which is the what? The word of God. So, so, so the Bible is actually like a weapon. In fact, the word of God is the only offensive weapon listed in the armor of God. So it's alive, it's active, it divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Come on, it tells me where I'm at. And so let me say it this way. The word gets all up in your business. That's just the truth. The word gets in your business. But see, a lot of people don't want the word in their business. A lot of people don't want a standard for their life. They don't want something that tells them how to live their life. They, they want to make their own decisions. They want to go their own way. And let me tell you, you can do that. And you'll be back here. You, you can do, do your own thing. Go your own direction. Make your own decisions. But you'll eventually be back right here. Because God's word is alive. It works. And listen to this. Even, I, here, here's some statistics. 82% of Christians only read their Bible on Sundays. At church. That's a problem. 82%. What about this one? Only 22% of Christians believe that, that, that this book, that the Holy Bible, is the infallible, inerrant, inspired Word of God. That's a problem. Because, because no, no wonder we don't, no wonder our world is tilting in the way that it's going when we don't have a standard for the way we live. Amen? Amen? That may have been too harsh. I, that was not in my notes. But it's true, so I'm not going to apologize for that. All right? So I, I think that most Christians don't read their Bibles, though. It's not because, it's not because like, they, they just have something against it. I think a lot of Christians don't read it because they don't understand it. They don't know where to start. Like one lady, um, she messaged me on Facebook years ago, and she said, uh, she said Pastor Ben, I just got saved, and... I need some help with the book of Revelations. They told me that the first book I should read is Revelation. I was like, what? <laughs> Who told you that? No. I don't even understand Revelations. Like, I, I, don't start there. Go, go like to John. Start in Romans. Get, get some gospel in you before we get to the end. That, that's coming. That is real. But like, she was scared. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm like, me either. Okay. So, so that was just the wrong, that was the, somebody gave her the wrong wisdom, the wrong, wrong advice. Hey, we need to include Revelation. It's for us. We need to read it. But if you're a new believer, don't, a lot of people would say, well, I guess it's like any other book. I just need to start at the beginning. No, don't, don't start in Genesis either. Right? Go to the New Testament. Let's start with, let's start with that and then get on a Bible reading plan. Get a little bit of, get a little bit of, um, of the New Testament theology in you, and then you can get on a reading plan, all right? So what I want to do today is I want to help you, just give you two, two things today, uh, two areas that I want to help you in. I want to answer the question, what I want you to know, but then what do I want you to do, okay? So I'm going to start with the theology of how does the Bible come alive? That's what we're going to start with is 
is how do I get the Bible alive inside of me? And then we're going to get really practical towards the end with what do, we, what do we do, okay? So if you want the Bible to come alive in you, in your notes, number one, you, you need to have faith because faith activates the Word of God. Okay, faith activates it. Faith is what causes it to come alive. Faith is believing what you don't yet see. Does that make sense? It's believing what you can't see just yet. Faith is the attitude that what you, you believe what you read. That if it's in the Word of God, come on, it's real. It's active. It's not just history. But if there's anything in the Bible, anything in the Bible that God ever did, I believe He can do it again. And anything he did for anyone, he can do it for you. I believe that. Now, there are some churches that don't believe that. And, and I don't think it's a, a matter of whether or not you go to heaven or hell. But I just, I just figure, like, God can do whatever he wants. All right? We li- he, he is omnipotent, om, om, omnipresent. Like, he, he can do whatever he wants. He, he can do it. And so I'm going to believe it. All right? If he said it, I'm going to believe it. In fact, there's a song out. Uh, right now called um, Take You At Your Word. It's by Cody Carnes, and it's one of my favorites right now. It's on repeat. I'm just constantly listening to it over and over and over again. It says, um, Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your way is the only way for me. It's a narrow road that leads to life, but I want to be on it. It's a narrow road but the tide is high because you parted the waters, he says. I'll take you at your word. If you said it, I believe it. I've seen how good it works. If you start it, you'll complete it. I'll take you at your word. I just love that because that's what faith is, just taking God at face value. All right, let, let's see what Hebrews says. Hebrews 4, 2 says that, that we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, talking about the people of old, the Old Testament um, prophets and, and, and religious leaders. They had the same message, but the message they heard was of no value to them. It didn't do them any good. Why? Because they didn't combine it with faith. They didn't believe what they heard. They were just like, ah, maybe it'll happen. We'll see. No big deal. They didn't combine it with faith. And so if you don't have faith, then when you read the Bible, you'll be cynical and critical. You'll start to believe History Channel or YouTube over what the Word of God says because you don't have faith to believe it. And maybe that's where some of you are today is you're like, well, Pastor Ben, that's my problem. I don't. I don't have faith. How do I get it? All right? So here's how you get faith. If if faith activates the Word, the Bible... How do I get faith? Well, you need, number two, revelation. Revelation is what activates the faith. And, and I'm not talking about like God gives you some revelation that you add to the Bible. No, it's when the Word of God becomes revealed to you. It's, it, let me say it this way. It's, uh, it's when, in order for you to believe what you read, you have to have a revelation. You have to have an aha moment. Paul says it this way in the uh, book of Ephesians. He says, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. What is that? So that you can know God, so that you can have an aha moment, so you can go, whoa, and now I get it. 
Now I can see it. It's when you stop reading with your physical eyes and start reading with your spiritual eyes. Does that make sense? It's like when you've read it 10, 11, 12, 13 times, but on the 14th time, you go, there it is. I, I see it. I, I, I know what he's talking about. I, I get it now. And so there are two words in the Bible for the word word. There are two words in the word for the word word, okay? How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Two words in the word for the word word. Number one, the first one is logos. That just means the written word. That is what, what's written on the pages of your Bible. That's the written word. It's there. It's not going anywhere. It's, it's tried and true. But then there's something, uh, something else. And we see this happen with Mary and the angel Gabriel. And I don't have time to go into it today. But there's what's called a rhema word. And that is a revealed word. That's when you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden, I get it. Oh, now I understand. This happened to me a couple of uh, weeks ago. Every Wednesday we have uh, what we call city groups for our students. And once a month they do a motion night. And so a couple of weeks ago, I, I just had this burden on my heart that I needed to bring a message to our students on holiness. Because we, we don't talk about that very much, do we? We don't talk about holiness. And so I'm bringing this word on holiness. And as I'm studying for it, God gave me like a rhema word. This is the only way I know how to explain it. Because I grew up in a church, a holiness church. Some of y'all know what that means to be in a holiness church. And, and to, for me, that meant like you better do everything right in order to be holy. You got to be perfect. You got you to cross all your... your T's, dot all your I's. If you want to be holy, you got to do this, 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 and this. And so holiness was something I had to achieve. That's the best way I know to put it. And as I was studying, like when I grew up in church, I, I, uh, I would read verses like Leviticus and Peter. And, and th these verses say, be holy because the Lord is holy. Or be holy because I am holy. And when I would read that, I would almost get like mad. <laughs> Frustrated because I'm thinking to myself, I can't, I can't, I can't be holy. I can't, I can't, I can't do these things. I can't measure up. I can't be perfect. And two, three weeks ago, as I was studying, God gave me a rhema word. He helped me to see it in a way that I'd never seen it before. And he says, Ben, now he didn't really say this to me, but in my, in my spirit, I just felt him say, hey, Ben, you are holy. Because I'm holy. And I was like, whoa, what? He, he says, you, what, I'm saying be holy because I am holy. You can be holy, Ben, because I am holy. And, and, and I, was try, I was thinking through that and I was, I was meditating on it. And it's like in that moment, he gives me this illustration. And this is what I shared with our students the other night. Is, is that I have four boys. Garrett, Gavin, Gideon, and Gibson. My name is Ben Murray, and all of my boys have the last name Murray. Do you know why their last name is Murray? Because my last name's Murray. It's that simple. And in that moment, God says, Ben, you're holy because I'm holy. You have no idea how much weight lives off of a person when you realize I don't have to achieve it 
I can just be it because God is the only one who is holy. I can never be good enough to be holy, but because I'm his son, therefore I am holy. My boys have the last name Murray, and there's nothing they could ever do to not be a Murray. They will always be a Murray, even if they tried to change their last name. They have my DNA inside of them. That makes them a Murray. I have God's DNA. I am forgiven. I'm cleansed. I'm washed. Therefore, I am holy. <laughs> that, that was the revelation. Wow, God blew my mind. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about with a revealed word. So that helps me to have faith, right? Okay, so if, if faith activates the word and, and, uh, and revelation activates faith, you might be asking, well, how do I get revelation? Because I want some of that revelation. I want, I want some of that rhema, all right? How do, I, how do I get it? Number three, meditation. Meditation is what activates the revelation. And I'm not talking about Eastern crossing your legs and humming. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what Joshua said. Joshua said it this way, that don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. And this word meditate here, you could use the word ruminate. He's saying, don't just, don't just breeze past. Don't just do your daily reading. Don't just look at the Bible verse and be like, oh, that's cool. Meditate on it. In other words, ruminate. You know what a, a, a ruminating animal is? Like a, a cow is a ruminating animal. So a cow, when it eats, it chews the cud and it, it, it eats the grass and it chews for a while. And it, it doesn't swallow immediately. It just keeps chewing the food and then eventually it swallows it swallows the food, and then, and then what do they do? They throw it back up in their mouth. It's gross, I know. But they do this like multiple times. And they swallow it again. They throw it back up in their mouth. They chew it some more. And that's what the word means, is to ruminate on the word of God. See, some of y'all are too busy ruminating on the things that have happened to you, the, the, the words that have been spoken against you, the things that you've done. You're ruminating on the past. And Joshua says, no, 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 you need to ruminate on the word of God. Get the word of God inside of you. Why? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then, as you've ruminated, as you've meditated on it, you will be prosperous and successful. And that's our heart, is that we, we, we don't want to meditate on the Word of God to be something, to do something, but it is a result, is that when we meditate on the Word of God, He prospers the Word of God in our lives. And so, let's get practical. What do we do? Okay, this is, that was the theology of how do we let it come alive in us, but how do we build our lives on it? How do we, like, how do we, how do we really make this Step by step, and I want to do that for you today. So, in, in the book of Matthew, Jesus, um, Matthew chapter 7, he's talking about two builders. One builder builds his house on the sand, and one builder builds his house on the rock. And in Matthew 7, verse 24, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, the message paraphrase, okay? So, there's a lot of different translations you can read from the Bible, but there's also paraphrases, and a paraphrase is not a translation, it's a... It's just that. It's a paraphrase. It's a modern-day terminology. So, like, I would encourage you to read the, the message as a way to read it, but don't study from the message. Does that make sense? So, and, and here's the way it says it in the message. 
is that these words, Jesus says, these words I've spoken to you about the builders that build on the sand versus the one on the rock, these words are, are not incidental additions to your life. It's not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. It's not like you're trying to decide, do I want to put can lights where the ceiling uh, light used to be? It's not like that. Jesus says, it's more than that. These words are foundational words to, words to build your life on, everybody. And if you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on the solid rock. And we know what happened to the ones who built their life on the sand, don't we? The winds came, the storms came, and their houses crashed. Can I tell us today, church, I mean, I don't want to be a naysayer, but listen, the storms of life are coming. They're going to happen to you. Are you building your life on the, on the solid rock or on the shifting sands? Because we can't help the storms from coming. They're going to come. But what we can do is we can build our lives on a solid rock so that when the storms do come, we will not falter. We will not fail because we've been built on a firm foundation. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. So how do we do it? Number one in your notes is I, I've got to accept the Bible as the authority in my life. I've got to accept its authority. It is authentic. It is, um, it is supreme. It, it reigns above every other opinion in my life. Come on, somebody. It's, it, well, Pastor Ben, I, I can't accept it because I don't understand it. I just, I just don't understand. I, I can't accept it. Well, listen, I don't understand a lot of things. I don't understand how cars work, but I drive one. I don't understand how digestion works, but that don't keep me from eating. I don't understand how planes work, how they can fly, but I'm getting in one this week. I don't understand a lot of things in life, yet I put my faith in them. And, and listen, you may not understand the word of God, but don't let that stop you from putting your faith in it, from trusting it, from believing it. Hey, everybody, that's where faith comes from. Faith is the, it's the substance of what you hope for, but it's the evidence of what you can't see. So Paul says to the Thessalonians, he says, I thank God for you because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us. Now, that word received there means like you, you took the word in like you would take in a stranger. So you didn't know this person. You, didn't, you weren't sure about this person, but you welcomed them into your home. That's what Paul is saying here. You welcomed the word of God, even though there were some things that you, you didn't quite understand. And you accepted it not as the word of men, but as the word of God. God, which is at work in those who believe. Can I tell us today that the word works for those who believe? The word works for those who accept it. The word works for those who put their trust in it. And I just want to go on record today. I just want to, I feel like I, I just need to say, and I don't, I don't do this a whole lot, but I just feel like I need to say the kind of church we are. Like we're a church that just believes everything about this book. We're a church that we build our lives on this book. We, we, we say that it is inerrant, it is infallible, it is inspired by God, it is useful for today. Uh, we, we say that it is the closed canon of Scripture. That means that there's nothing can be added to the Bible and nothing can be taken away from the Bible. If God said it before, I believe He can do it again. We, we believe that even though culture changes, God's Word doesn't change. 
He said that uh, the earth and all of his glory will fade away, but the word of God will stand firm forever. And so we believe that it is supreme. And anything we believe in this church is based on the word of God. And if you hear something preached here that doesn't line up with the word of God, feel free to not listen to it. Don't listen to it. It's not the word of God. We, we build our lives on the word of God. All right, so how, how do we do that, okay? We, we've got to accept it. It's, it's authoritative. It's how I build my life. Number two is I've got to assimilate it. Assimilate the word of God. That means I've got to work it into every area of my life. The Bible has something to say about my family, about my faith, about my finances, about my fitness, about my friendships, about my freedom, about my fun, and all of the other F words out there. It has something to say about it. It has something to say about how we live our lives. How do I assimilate it? How do I get it worked into my life, Pastor Ben? Well, I need to listen to it. I need to listen to the word. And you guys are here, so uh, I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but if I could just for a moment say, this is why you need to be in church every single weekend. You, you need to hear the word. You need, to, you need to listen to the word. And I know that we live in a, a, in a society where there's all kinds of travel sports and, and there's um, you know, a lot of vacation. There's, there's all kinds of opportunity to go different places to miss Sunday mornings or a Sunday night. I, I get that. But I also think... We, like, like the, stat, the stats are, are proven. What people consider normal, like regular church attendance in 2023 is about 1.6 times per month. If I, if I just show up like, you know, 20 times a year, I'm a regular. But can I tell you, you're missing the word of God when you're not here. So even if you can't be here, you're working, you're traveling, you've got ball, whatever it is, get online, watch it online because you've got to hear the word of God. Listen to this, uh, Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing. So my faith is going to be built up when I'm getting the word of God into my life. And when I hear the word of God, man, it sets me up on a different playing field, everybody. All right, so how do I assimilate the word? I, I listen to it. Number two, I, I read it. I've got to read it. I've got to get into it. Jesus says, um, he, he, he says we shouldn't just live on bread alone, but we need, we need to live off of every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that's written down. Pastor, I just want God's plan for my life. I just want to know his will. I just want to know what he wants me to do. Logos. Right here. It's written. His plan for your life is here. It's, it's already there. You don't have to go uh, chase a, a, a person to get like this word from God for your life. Here. You can find the word of God. So let's get even more practical. How do I read it? All right, how do I read God's word? Um, first is, this is not in your notes, but you can, you can take notes on it, but get a paper Bible. Paper Bible. So this is, a, this is my Bible. And uh, I normally don't bring it to church. But this is my Bible. This is the one I've had since I was uh, a teenager. 16, I think it was. I, I drove. My little town didn't have a uh, Christian bookstore, so I drove to a different city. And I got this Bible. It's thick because it's a life application study Bible. 
It's a New Living Translation. I grew, I grew up where, uh, in a church that we did King James, and there's nothing wrong with King James. It's just that I didn't understand it. I, I couldn't understand it. And so uh, I, I got this one, and it's like all of a sudden, I, I get the Bible. I get, it's starting to make sense to me. I, I, un, I understand it now. And, and so um, for a long time, I got away from the paper Bible. I started using uh, the apps, and I would read the Bible on my phone. But the problem with that is I wasn't highlighting in my Bible. I wasn't using my own, my own personal Bible, and I was not retaining as much information because studies prove that if you do it digitally, you're not going to remember quite as much, and you're going to get distracted because of those notifications. They keep, they keep popping up. And so get a paper Bible. If you don't have a paper Bible... We have one for you. Uh, we prepared this weekend. So in the back on your way out, we have new international version Bibles back there for anybody who doesn't have a Bible. Those are free. We want to give them to you because we need the Word of God in our lives. Amen? Amen. Yeah, yeah, we can give God praise for that. And that's your generosity. You don't have to pay for it because you already did when you gave in the offering. All right? All right? So, so yeah, get a paper Bible. Begin to highlight, begin to dig in, right? Uh, number two is then you have to set aside time to read the Bible. So if you have a Bible but you're not, you're not making it a priority, then it's really not doing you any good, is it? Like you, you have skillets but you don't ever put anything in them. You're not going to eat, right? Set aside time to read the Bible. And, and there's, an old, there's an old saying that says, show me your checkbook and I'll show you your heart. Well, show me your calendar and I'll show you what's important to you. Show me, sh show me what's, like, show me what, what, what's on your calendar. Make it a priority. Elevate the importance of the Word of God in your life. Amen? Um, how do you do that? Well, uh, for me, it's a calendar appointment. Every, every day has an appointment on it that says God time at 530 I don't do anything else. I don't work out before that. I, the only thing I do is make coffee before that, and that's it. You don't have to do like me, but you need to make it a priority. You need, you need to make it, uh, put it in high regard. Number three, the third thing, is have a Bible reading plan. So um, before I had a Bible reading plan, my plan was, God, uh, would you speak to me today? Just give me some words from... Okay, infectious disease, okay. <laughs> Bodily discharge, well, okay, all right. No, uh, you know what I mean? Like, you need a plan. You need, you, you need like, what am I, I going to read? And so we have what we call the one-year Bible uh, plan. We didn't develop it. It's been developed by other people, but we use it. And, and so you get a balanced diet of Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and a proverb every day. And if you begin reading uh, that now you'll finish the Bible in a year. So imagine young people, students, if you started reading the Bible right now, every year you will have read it dozens upon dozens of times by the time that you get to my age, right? By the time you get to your parents, your grandparents' age. And, and there's, like the Bible is not a once and done kind of book. We need to get it inside of us over and over and over again. So we need to get a, get a reading plan. And if you get on that reading plan, don't try to catch up missed days. You're going to miss a day. Don't worry about it. I have 49 missed days right now. That does not mean I haven't read for 49 days. It means I have not completed 49 days of reading. And here's why. Because I need... 
I don't just need to read the Bible. I need to let it read me. So I'm not just trying to check it off the list and be like, yep, got my day done today. No, I, I want him to speak to me. And I want, him to, I want him to speak to my heart. I want, I, want, I want to get something out of it. So it's not just about how much you read. It's about the fact that you are reading every day. Are you, are you hearing me? Read every single day. And here's, here's the last point about assimilating it in our lives is we need to explore it. We need to, we need to fall in love with it. Get, get, a, get a study Bible. Be, begin to dig in. Because... Listen, we're not just trying to read it. We're not just trying to listen to it. We need, we need to hide this in our hearts, everybody. The book uh, of Psalms, it's the middle book of your Bible. Psalm 119 is the middle chapter of your Bible. It's the longest chapter of your Bible. And Psalm 119 is mostly about the Word of God. And the psalmist says, I've hidden it in my heart. Why? Because I don't want to go against you. I don't want to sin against you, Lord. I don't want to go the other way. I need this word in my heart. I, I need this word in my life. So, so here's number three. I need it in my life because I need to apply its principles. I need to apply what it, what it says. James says it this way. To not just be a, a listener. Don't just listen to the words. And I no, notice how he says don't merely listen. Like sometimes we... We hear things, but we ain't listening, right? Like, like we guys do with our spouses sometimes, our wives. She, I told you, I didn't hear you. Right? Don't, just li don't merely listen. No, you deceive yourself if you do that. Do what it says. Do what it says. So let me tell you, the Word of God has power. The Word of God is active. It's alive. It's living it is, we, we need to make a decision. Am I, am I bought into this? Am I standing on this word? We ask the question, how do I get more of it in my life? How do I let it come alive to me? But I want to ask you now, is it, is it your foundation? Are you building your life on this? Are you building your life on the word of God? Are you building your life on shifting sands? Things that are here today and gone tomorrow. What are you building your life on what are you going to do when the storms of life come you're going to topple you're going to conquer because you're you're on the word uh, this past uh christmas we were um we had christmas eve services here and then christmas day our family we enjoyed a time at the house and on the day after christmas we were leaving for a, a family christmas trip we always for the last four years we started doing Christmas vacations um, because we'd rather have an experience that we can remember than just a bunch of stuff we throw away, right? And so um, early on the day after Christmas, we're, we're at home, uh, bags are getting packed. It's maybe 6.30 in the morning and, and I remote started our Yukon because it was cold out. I wanted it to warm up and I start loading the back of our, our Yukon. We're, putting in all the suitcases, all the, all the luggage, the pillows, the blankets. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we had just had a, um, an entertainment system installed in our Yukon because we're driving 24 hours, so the boys need something to watch. You don't know what I'm talking about. The, the headphones were in the console. And so for like, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes, I'm making all of these trips back and forth to the car. 
And after one of the trips, I noticed, wow, the, the driver's door's been open. That, that's weird. It's kind of strange. I didn't think much of it. I thought that maybe Annalise had tried to get in and, and put her, her coat in there. I just went on about my business. And, and uh, we get in the car. We're ready to leave. We're about to back out. Say a quick prayer. God, be with us. Protect us. Keep us safe. The boys want to get the headphones right away to start listening to the entertainment system. But they open the console, and they're gone. They're gone. And then I remembered the door, the door was open. And at some point in the middle of me going back and forth from the car to the house, someone had gotten in our car. I believe that they intended to steal it because I don't know why you'd want some headphones. The car is way more valuable than that. Because it was in remote start, they couldn't steal it, so they took what they could. And in that moment, there was a lot of fear when we realized like, somebody was watching us. Like, some, somebody knew we were leaving today. Like, like this wasn't just a happenstance. There was fear, there was worry, there was anger. There was, there was concern, like, man, we're going on vacation. What, what are we going to do about the house? Like, and then my mother-in-law came out. Momo, we call her, all right? Mother's mother, right? Momo. Now, Momo is a woman of the word. She's a prayer warrior. She came out. She heard what happened. And, you know, we didn't start going... What are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. The storms are coming. The storm's here. We're in the middle of the storm. She starts praying the word, everybody. She starts praying peace and protection and favor and grace. Angels over our vehicle. Angels over our home. How could she do that? Because she's been in the word. Because she's been filling her life with decades of the word, of getting in the word and hunger for the word. And I'm just saying that when the storms come, we need to be able to stand on something. What are you standing on? Are you standing on the shifting sands? Or are you standing on the word of Christ Jesus? Come on, let's give God praise today that we can stand on the word of God. You can stand on the word of God. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And let, me, let me wrap up today. I know I went a little long. and I want to thank you for, for hanging in there with me. Thank you for staying. But I want to pray for us right now for every person the sound of my voice, Lord, that the Word of God would become active and alive in us today, that the Word of God would become sharper than a double-edged sword, that the Word of God would divide the, 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 the joints, the marrow, the attitudes of our hearts, God, that you would do a work in us and through us, Lord, that we would fall in love with the Word of God, that we would learn to love it and learn it and live it out, God, that we would, that we would uh, have faith to believe the Word of God, that we would have revelation that activates that kind of faith, and a meditation, a, a study of your Word, a depth in your Word where we, where we believe what we read, Lord. We believe we have faith to know that you will do what you say. God, I'm praying right now, Lord, that we would accept it as truth. It's, it's infallible. It is perfect. It is it's, it's from you. It's inspired by you. It's useful for our lives. Lord, help us to work it into every area. That we would not, we would not hold something back from you, but we would, we would put it on the Word of God. Does it pass the Word of God test? Does it, does it 
Does it crumble without the word of God? Well, we don't want it in our lives if it does. We want to build our lives. We want to apply the truth of the word of God in our lives today. And with your head still bowed, if you're here and you'd say, Ben, I, I just, uh, man, I don't have a relationship with the Bible. Let me tell you, the, f- the first relationship you need is a relationship with the God of the Bible. Before you have a relationship with the Word, the Bible, you need a relationship with the God of the Bible who, who loved you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for your sins. See, we were going to have to pay for our own sins. We were going to have to pay our way into heaven. But Jesus came and he took the penalty of sin and death and hell and the grave. And he, he took that sin upon himself. And he was beaten. He was wounded. He was crushed for us so that we could be forgiven, that we could be healed, that we could be redeemed, that we could be restored. And so today, for you, that means you have to make a decision. If you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you want to know him, being in relationship with him, you've got to make a decision to make him the Lord of your life. It's a decision to believe who he says he is, that he can do what he says he can do, and to confess his lordship with your mouth, to confess him as Lord and Savior. And if you're here today and you say, Ben, I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to make Jesus my Lord. I'm ready to begin a relationship with him today. On the count of three, I want you to boldly slip up your hand and say, that's me. One, two, three. Come on, say, that's me. I'm going all in. One, two, three. Who else would say, that's that's me? Four, five, six. Who else would say, seven? Anybody else? Anybody else? Lift it up boldly where I can see. I just just want to, I'm not going to embarrass you. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so proud of every one of you. You can put your hands down. I see you. I see every one of you. All right, let's pray this prayer, church, for, for at least 12 people who said yes to Jesus today. Let's, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I come to you asking you to forgive me, to cleanse me, to wash me, to make me new. I give you everything. I'm asking you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I confess that you are all I need. I put my hope in you. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I'll serve you the best that I know how. Thank you for loving me and being my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, all over this place, let's give God praise today. Let's let's thank Him for salvation.